Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. This is uh, What's Up with uh, Onyx Pass Handling of the uh, White Wolf uh, Intellectual Properties. That is not the title of this video. Well, <laughs> we only have so many words. It's like shorter than a tweet, the, the panel description, the yeah, panel yeah, title. It's, it's like 80 it's characters or something. It's like ridiculous. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, the games that are um, in the World of Darkness. We're going to be talking about the games that are in the Chronicles of Darkness. And we're we'll going to be talking about uh, Exalted Third Edition and where that is. So, um, exactly. The love titles also, but all related characters. Stop. Glory is Exalted, <laughs> the panel of Onyx Pathos. <laughs> Eddie, you can put away your solar Exalted character. <laughs> so, um,. Uh, it's been a it's been a really good year for us with with all of uh, working with our friends at White Wolf. Uh, is uh, from White Wolf itself. Uh, weirdly enough, there is a panel going on right now with White Wolf over at the West End, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, talk, I'm free about V five. Talking about V five, and so we did a, a hostage exchange program. <laughs> we got Donna, and we sent Matt McElroy uh, over there. Uh, He's excited. Uh, I don't take a few guys out with him. Right. <laughs> um, mostly because we didn't, neither group had any say on when the two things right. were scheduled for, and we couldn't get Gen Con to move us, say, we're kind of talking to the same audience in a lot of ways, so we really shouldn't have, no, we can't change it now. It's all locked in. The Tetris board has been frozen, so, uh, so we figured. If if, uh, if anyone here has questions that Don could help with about where things are going with uh, our work with with White Wolf, we've got from there. Then Matt's there to help uh, the White Wolf guys. If anybody has any questions about what, uh, what we're doing, so to get into it, um, uh, we have brochures uh, that that hint and play around with and describe the stuff that we're going to be doing in the next year, uh, which look remarkably like that. Uh, at, our, at our booth, booth 501, uh, very easy to find. There's a giant white wolf paw print and there's the Onyx Path uh, booth. We're right next to each other. We're right next to Paizo. Uh, so just look for like purple and you can find where we are. All dark and nasty next to the thing. <laughs> You're amazing at marketing. <laughs> I, I speak to my audience. <laughs> they understand. Um, so we have, uh, we've been having a lot of discussions with uh, White Wolf about uh, where things are going with uh, Vampire 5th Edition. Um, we, uh, to, to, to clear it up, our license encompasses Vampire the Masquerade. It doesn't encompass an edition of that. So we will be, in fact, uh, working on, we have been working on ideas for what we can work with these, uh, these wonderful people. And as they finish up Vampire 5th, we can um, uh, then start seeing what, where we fit into the pub publishing of additional products. Now, it's one of the things I wanted to, to stress with folks about this, because where White Wolf is going is very different than where White Wolf went all through the past history of what White Wolf is. They are working now with these brands to get them out far wider than anything that, uh, that we ever did in the old days with White Wolf, or that Onyx Path was capable of doing as a license E. Um, to the extent of trying to, you know, they already announced a computer game for Werewolf. Uh, they're, they're, they're continually doing more work in that area. 
uh, trying to get things like, you know, it would be great to have the A World of Darkness or a Vampire Netflix series, you know, things like that. So if you kind of think of how Marvel's handling their things now, so you can get all these different things, all different areas, that's really what White Wolf is. And we are publishing licensor, licensee with them um, to create more tabletop RPGs. Uh, but we're, in terms of B5, um, you know, we're not going to be the only people in, in town reporting things out. Uh, probably saw the announcement or even got on Storyteller's Vault. Um, that's a, a, an idea that has been going on for a while, but it's, it's indicative of what they're trying to do now of spreading, uh, really getting this, this huge reach for all of all of the Wendell properties. So um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a shift, especially if you've been a longtime fan for how things are done. Uh, it's, it isn't scary, it's cool. <laughs> uh, because there's going to be so many more people who know the, the great you know, world of darkness and, and, and the other world of uh, IPs, intellectual properties. Um, and, uh, and we've run into a few, uh, few bumps along the road with uh, people who talk on the forums and things like that, with expectations being, no, it's always, this is the way it's always been. And White Wolf is approaching this in an entirely different way. So uh, they're, they're doing three books for V5 the, themselves in-house, getting those made, and then opening up the license. And that's what we're, we're talking about with Vampire right now. Uh, so it's, 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 a, it's an interesting time. It's an exciting time. Uh, and it's something we're, we're all kind of getting used to how we're going to work together. Um, while that's happening, there's some preliminary work going on for Werewolf Live, right? This idea is more than anything else. Um, and we're still um, in a position where we can uh, play around with some of the things that we've been we've been looking at wanting to do. The Eternal How Fiction Anthology, which is non uh, edition specific. Yeah, exactly, edition specific, much like we did. And was Ages anthology for vampire, so stories that that would feel like first edition werewolf stories that would feel like werewolf arrived or uh, werewolf twenty, and then you know we'll see where we can take that. Uh, Mage, Mage twenty, uh, Phil Cedar Cedar Phil Brucato is still charging boldly, uh, writing books and, and getting books written, and he's working right now on Gods and Monsters, which was coming out of Kickstarter. Uh, Book of the Fallen, which was another one that we, we said, yes, we'll be working on that based on the Kickstarter. Uh, his personal uh, level of interest is the um, Rich Bastard's Guide to Magic, I think just because he likes the title. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we, still have, uh, we still have some other possibilities. Uh, mostly, uh, it's a question of how far we can go with the timeline of presenting out these books and getting them done. As things then start to ramp up eventually to do Mage Fifth Edition, probably. Uh, you know, at this point, everything is going to be a probably for uh, for for, uh, for these sorts of things. Um, Wraith is right now. Wraith Twenty is uh, in layout, so it should have been being worked on this week because the layout artist is not. Uh, she's a freelancer and she's not a Gen Con, um, and we will devote the same amount of attention to that as in the layout, make it look gorgeous, and, uh, and then we will run that past Rich Dansky again, have him do a proof. Um, we will run it past our friends at White Wolf, and have them check through it, make sure it's what they want to see us put out there, and then we'll get the PDFs to the backers and start that process of actually turning it into the books. But we are over the hard part. We're over the hard part of 
Rich having to spend much less time than you had ever planned on working on it, and so I can kind of meet that out you know, like with eyedroppers versus woo, I'm doing this thing. And that was just unavoidable. The, the option was to take Rich Dansky off the break, which is insane. So, um, and then uh, and then we have Changeling uh, again. Um, I should have the second print on demand proof at my house when I get back. If that's cool, we will put that up, uh, open up Changeling's PDF and, uh, and print on demand book uh, on drive through for everybody to get. And we'll immediately then take those files and send them over to our traditional printer to do the deluxe. So we're, we're that close, and then that whole manufacturing process starts. And then everybody can get pissed off at me because it really takes so long. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it really does take a long time. Um, and so the books that are coming after that, again, once from the Kickstarter, were uh, The Book of Freeholds, which is in progress, Boggins, which is also in progress, and The Immortalized uh, uh, Fiction. Um, it's the fourth of the of the trilogy. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Immortalized Trilogy. And, Eric Douglas added. And 20 years yes. later, same writer, uh, or actually same writers, Jack and Nikki, are, are working on the, the sort of the follow-up fourth book. And it's uh, it's interesting because they've, uh, you know, we've all grown 20 years older as well. And so there's got, they've got different themes and things, but they still want to make it a complete, like, now it's a four-book set versus a three-book set, and it's it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. But it's, it's taken taken its own time. And then we uh, we still have listed uh, after all that stuff is, is rolling along, we have the the changing twenty players guide, um, which we kind of extrapolate a bunch of things. If there were things that we didn't put in changing twenty, but thought this would actually add to the experience, that's what we would put in there. Um, deeper into the kids. Deeper than the magic system, and look at more kingdoms around the world. Um, and then, uh, also in progress is World Darkness Ghost Hunters, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, I think did, did we announce that last year here? Um, I think it was at two. I think because it was already a topic last year that people were talking okay. about. So it's obviously it's in progress, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we're in uh, we're in second draft. Uh, a slight digression on that point. Um, uh, one of the advantages Rich talked earlier about the, the white wolf strategy and some of the cool things you could do with it, and one of the things that came out of this that um, the work on Ghost Hunters is going to tie with a completely separate interactive audio drama project called Orpheus Device. Um, and so there's going to be small pieces between those two uh, products, and it's something that we just couldn't really do in the web phase, but now the new structure, right. we can actually explore these kinds of neat little touches. They're not going to be across like, hey, I've heard that in the Orpheus device, now I'm reading about it in Ghost Hunters. That's kind of a really cool... Oh, I wrote it in Ghost Hunters. Oh, you wrote the Martok yeah. case? Yeah. Mm -hmm. case? Yeah. So, um, so that's, ba that's basically where we are with this. Uh, last year I talked about how we were uh, kind of going to continue pushing through promise books that we worked on with Kickstarter that we had uh, a great list of them. We have, we have obviously been doing that. I believe we have all of the Vampire Dark Ages uh, Kickstarter stuff out at this point. If we're missing one, no. is it? No. Uh, so start? Legacy of Lies is the V20 Jumpstart, right. and that is in layout right now. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we're that almost close to that. Yeah. That's almost um, And uh, just uh, because we introduced you to Donna, but sitting next to Donna is Matthew Dawkins. He's written a bunch of stuff, especially Beckett's uh, Jihad Diary, which also is in layout right now. So we're getting, we're getting pretty close to that one. 
and uh, that was a that was a very interesting project because there was a lot of uh, working together, not being lorded over by, but working together with our friends at White Wolf and doing similar sorts of things where there are there are things that will foreshadow where B five is going in Beckett. They didn't cut anything that we wanted to do. We could do that. So Beckett is it's kind of huge now. Right. So it's a big book. If you backed it on Kickstarter, you're seriously getting value for, for your pledge. Um, and Matthew uh, and, and Neil, Neil did a lot of work and did a lot of work on that book. And Matthew also is one of the authors of the uh, Alpha playtest for V5 that uh, 145 Dave Martin and his wrecking crew are doing. Uh, they're right outside the hallway from where we are. Yeah, or at least yesterday. Oh, thank you. They're also drop uh, in sessions at the 501 booth, so you can go there and they start every half an hour. So you're welcome to join. Booth 501, that's where we are, that's where White Wolf is right across the. It's all one booth, but we've got a nice little setup there. Um, so, and of course, Eddie Webb. Eddie Webb's done. You don't know Eddie Webb's guy. <laughs> 72 years Eddie Webb and I have set up. <laughs> What's up with White Wolf? Just on this panel. <laughs> oh, uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm just going to go uh, continue through our, our little list here. Now, if you have the brochure, you'll notice some of these things are not in the brochure. We didn't do the brochure as a, woo, look what's coming next. We hit a couple of major things. Um, and then we're relying on this panel. So you're finding out about this, some of these things before anybody else is. Um, Remember that for next year. So, uh, Chronicles of Darkness, uh, we also talked to talked to the last year about getting the second the second editions up uh, and, and, and moving forward. And uh, we we have uh, I think we've significantly moved a bunch of those forward this this last year, uh, particularly changing the Lost. Uh, is, uh, is yeah. what? That's <laughs> it. it. This, could, this could just be blank pages. Now it can just be a cookbook. <laughs> to serve man? Hey! That's offensive. That's a stereotype stuff. Not in Korea. That is offensive. I apologize to any Koreans. Or anyone who's, you know, doesn't like racial slurs. I'm British. <laughs> we're not quite sure it is a slur because it just sounds so nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're not Rich, if you so think recording. it might be, it probably is. <laughs> and the sound went out. <laughs> Can you? So, so we're going to do a blanket statement. Matthew is suffering from jet lag and you can't really believe it. He's not like this. Yeah, let's go with so, uh, while we were working on those things, we've you know, got to get second edition out. It's, it's very important. I know that some lines have, have had to be a, kind of slowed down or on hiatus or things did not show up for them. Um, in order to kind of compensate for that, that was why we did the, uh, the Chronicles of Darkness, um, hitting different lines in the historical eras so that in the course of any given year, every line got something. It may not be the perfect thing for what you were looking for for your Chronicle for the way you like to read about this stuff, but it did get something, a little bit of love we could get in there while putting a lot of our emphasis on uh, getting the second editions um, rolling along again. Uh, 
And in, in addition to that, uh, I, you'll notice this in the in the brochure, but also what I'm going to talk now because I mentioned this last year. Uh, we also brought back the uh, kind of mini line within Chronicles of Darkness, Night Horrors. And if you remember back in the day, New World of Darkness, Night Horrors was monsters you can use in that one, or uh, like a, a, a werewolf dark, a Night Horrors book. Yeah, obviously it really fits really well for werewolf, but you could also use those same creatures in mage or in geist or you know change things. So um, that is going to be ongoing uh, for at least the next year. And, and since there's some I want that I want to do that aren't on here yet, we're going to be pitching those to what we'll make sure that everybody's cool with us doing that. Um, once Rose was uh, who was the Requiem uh, second edition developer. Once she was uh, able to put up, uh, work with an uh, additional developer, Danielle, we were able to move forward again with uh, Requiem books. And mm -hmm. so um, we have promo copies, like basically POD proofs, of uh, Thousand Years of Night in the booth. So that's that's the first one that's that close to coming out. And then um, Half Damned is, uh, is uh, in progress. And then we have uh, The Guide to the Night, which is kind of, it, it, it's essentially a storyteller thing with a lot of player stuff added to it as well. So it's, uh, it's in that zone of player's guide, uh, storyteller guide. Um, and then uh, additionally, we have a book called Spill Blood, uh, which are the Fallen Clans, alternate bloodlines, and other kinds of vampires. So it's, uh, it's looking at Requiem, looking at it from, uh, from additional ways that you can, you can add some stuff. Uh, and then uh, the second book is uh, Shattered Masks, which is a alternative world setting for the Requiem. It's basically a shard, probably, uh, the shard concept of, of uh, Chronicles and Guru's darkness. And uh, this is where the masquerade comes down, and what effect does this have on the world of darkness where vampires are suddenly real and among us, and we know it. So, it's a, and that's a Chronicle of Darkness, where the vampires are something relevant. So, um, these are not necessarily things that we are going to have released in this next year, but these are, these are the next things that we will be working on for record. Uh, for Werewolf, Forsaken, who many people think is Forsaken by us, uh, untrue, but there was a transitional thing that was going on. Uh, Stu Wilson, who was the developer for both Werewolf the Forsaken and Werewolf the Apocalypse, um, about two years ago, realized that his real-life commitments and his real-life job were slowing down everything he was doing with what we were doing, and so Stu asked to, you know, very nicely, um, I, I don't think I can be a developer anymore not doing my best work because my job now requires me to do I think he was saying something he what he does with his job was like about 500 things a week and it turned into 50,000 things a week so it was just a craze like oh boy mm -hmm. um, and so we had to we had to work away from you know kind of we're working with you to finish these things up and can't really put new things on until we know how that finishes up. But now that uh, we're, we're basically getting there, uh, we will be doing Secrets of the Tribes as we had announced a couple of years ago. And then a, the Night Horror Shunned by the Moon. And uh, Shunned by the Moon will contain the Ghost Wolves, Pure, the Veilhounds, 
All enemies of the tribes with their own myths and legends and hunting grounds will be that will be detailed in this book. So I know a lot of people wanted the, uh, the uh, especially I think uh, uh, the pure and the Vale House, and uh, this is the book for that. And it's a Nightheart's book, so you can then port them over into other game lines if you want to do that. Uh, Mage, uh, similarly, now that Dave has uh, Dave has gotten. Uh, Deviant uh, to the writers. Um, he's back working on Mage and uh, Signs of Sorcery, Tome of the Pentacle, and a book called Fallen Worlds, which are the mysteries that lead mages out of the material realm into other planes within the fallen world and beyond. Fallen Worlds would expand on the short descriptions of the shadow, underworld, and depths, along with the press rules for the entire inhabitants that are in Mage 2nd edition, with a chapter finally fully detailing mages in the shadow, the underworld, and stranger places that defy classification. We've expanded rules for the inhabitants of these weird places as antagonists and allies and address some of the crossover questions that pop up from time to time in fandom regarding mages and other worlds described in other game lines. So, that is, a, that is coming. Uh, for Promethean, uh, we have Nighthearth the Tormented. Uh, for Changing the Lost, once we move through and actually get this, uh, it's no longer a cookbook, um, <laughs> so we'll have that. Uh, and then follow up with that, we have a book called Kith and Kin, uh, which will greatly expand the number of new kits, uh, the powers focus on kits, and uh, detailed tools for designing your own kits. So whatever is in Changeling, it would just add and add and add, expand upon uh, anything that has to do with the kits. Uh, Hunter the Vigil is in progress, and Monica is our developer for that. Hello everyone. Uh, getting written as we speak. Pardon? She was writing. Getting written. I was as tweeting we speak. a picture of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a picture of the veil. Probably terrifying. Uh, Eddie was smiling. It was. It was. You know, it was like. <laughs> We've got a hundred individual fiction anthology, which I, I believe you know, uh, we announced, uh, mm -hmm. and also a book called Eternal Flame: Hunters, Their Societies, Mysteries, and Prey. Through the ages of mankind. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that's going to be super cool because um, we're going to be pulling together the threads that we started in Dark Eras because Dark Eras really laid a lot of groundwork for thinking about compacts and conspiracies through a historical lens. And that's really exciting for Hunter. Uh, Geist, uh, the City of your second edition, also in progress, are rolling along quite nicely. Uh, and, and again, for any of these things that we are actually working on, a writer is actually writing on it. You should be able to find all these appearing uh, in my Monday meeting notes blog uh, in the progress reports. The whole list of it, where everything is, and you can just watch it go through the process of getting written, getting uh, comments from the developers, getting second drafts, editing, right down to the layout, and, and even the press. So, um, so uh, we're going to. Uh, do a Kickstarter for Changing the Lost. Oh, it is a train but I need the train tracks. Probably October-ish. And with that, um, it's the first time we've done a Kickstarter for a second edition core book. We're going to see how that goes. If that, if, it, if it's good, if, it's, if we all have a good time and, and, and we raise a bunch of, uh, of, of uh, working capital to do other projects that will come out of that, uh, because that's where we do stretch goals, and the stretch goals come out of that money to, um, to, to kind of do either fiction anthologies or, or uh, 
extra thinner books, uh, ready-made characters, so that you can just jump right in and start playing, uh, things like that. If that works out really well, we'll do the same thing for Geist Second Edition uh, next year. Uh, and then for Mummy uh, Curse, uh, we're going to be working on Mummy Second Edition. So we're going to bring that up in the Second Edition rule set, uh, do some, like we've been doing with all the Second Editions, take a look at what worked with the First Edition, what didn't work with the First Edition, what can be changed, defined, tweaked. Um, it's not going to suddenly become, you know, one of those superheroes or anything like that. It's just going to be stay within the, the, the feel of, of, of Mummy as a, as a concept, but uh, looking at some of the rough edges uh, like from the first uh, edition and going, okay, let's, let's do it this way this time around. Uh, um, for, uh, for Demon the Descent, we have Night Horror's Cryptids, uh, which uh, we announced when that is on. And of course we have Deviant the Renegades, which is the, the, the day was uh, just killing himself. We're going to make the greatest writer's guide that's ever existed for anybody who's <laughs> never tried to write one of our books. And I think it's like that. Like that. Yeah, it just took 40 pages. Yeah. But um, that is actually the writer's that's being written. And, uh, and when we get closer to it, we're, we're starting to, because we've some time to stretch things out, we're starting to adopt the policy with our Kickstarters that we, we won't we would kickstart it until we have the text done. So, um, anytime, some of these times where we've had major changes that have occurred as we've added things to the books, we're going to try to avoid adding things to the books directly and more make companion volumes or other stretch goals so that the books themselves, after the Kickstarter, will move right into the process and we're not waiting to jam things in or get new things written up. Um, that, that, as we've learned, it takes a lot of time and can actually support our process. Right, and in fact, if you recently did the Kickstarter for Dark Heroes 2, where um, that was a different way of looking at it, um, where we didn't have anything written except the ideas, but because of the way that Dark Heroes 1 went, we learned for this particular kind of books, that's uh, almost a necessity because we're trying to fit so many things in there. But that's a very much a, an outlier on how we do Kickstarter. Right, the Dark Heroes books were, were really kind of conceived in the Kickstarter era. They were meant to be, the idea was to take advantage of Kickstarter from a creative prospect. That's a very specific style of product. We're all, we were, we're pretty much going to do a, a Geist Core book. We're going to do a Lost Core book. Kickstarter way to kind of accentuate and make that stronger and better, more interesting. But the Core book was always going to be designed in a certain way, whereas Dark Heroes or something that we can take advantage of that engagement and make something cool and interesting from that engagement in a very different way. So those are kind of outliers. Chronicles of Darkness as a whole, we announced this, this we did announce last year, um, and because of the way we have been, I said, putting a lot of our emphasis on getting these second editions out and rolling because we want people to be able to play, um, it did make a lot of sense to put a lot of effort towards this, which is the, uh, the, the, the basically the crossover chronicle. That is a new title, and this is in the brochure, it is the Contagion Chronicle. Matthew's developing that. <laughs> Would you like to do a little teaser? Could do. Um, so, in the Contagion Chronicle, obviously, as uh, we've implied, it is a crossover chronicle where you can play creatures from absolutely any line in concert with uh, another creature. Um, we've actually drawn an awful lot of inspiration for this. If you're, if any of you are fans of comics, know, um, of things like Crisis on Infinite or Infinite Crisis, things like that, where um, the way I described it to Rose, and uh, she didn't necessarily agree, was that sort of He-Man Christmas special, where, <laughs> where 
But there's a greater unifying threat that makes Skeletor and Prince Alan work together. <laughs> but no, um, in, the, in, the, in the Contagion Chronicle, um, the Chronicles of Darkness world is effectively breaking down. Things are going alright. If you're familiar with God Machine um, and the infrastructure that um, permeates into Demon as a result of God Machine, the infrastructure is not working as it used to. It's corrupted, it's spitting out false readings, it's producing creatures that it should not be producing. But it's possible that this has happened in cycles, it's happened time and time again. And the only thing that can really prevent this from happening, or manipulate it into strengthening them, are the creatures we play in Chronicles of Darkness. It's contagion because the infrastructure infects vampires, werewolves, mages, etc. It will subvert them, it will make them behave in different ways, give them different powers. And when we're talking about things like a vampire book where you can see different types of vampire, um, this is very much a cornerstone book that can actually be used to completely change the way you play any of the Chronicles of Darkness. That's the intent. Um, but you can play it at a very personal level, where it is very much you are coping with being diseased, um, but in a more interesting way, um, to an apocalyptic level, where the world is pretty much falling apart. And final thing I want to mention, this is the thing that excites me most about it. In Hunter the Vigil, first edition, something was introduced called Interstitial Terrain. It was in the Horror Recognition Guide. Um, where you look through a window and hang on, that world isn't your world. It's very much a parallel universe, spider-like creatures crawling down the walls and things like that. Well, it's that world, or one of these worlds, that's kind of seeping through into Darkness by the Contagion. So, uh, that's my service pitch. I hope you'll buy it. <laughs> and and, then, and we, we talked about this oh, last year, but to refresh everybody's memory, this is not uh, this is not something that people like absolutely have to keep exactly the way this is. It's designed; it could be a default for anyone who wants to do crossovers. It's a rationale for why are these folks together uh, and, and dealing with these these issues. Uh, but you could also pick and choose whatever you want to do because it's Chronicles of Darkness, and we want people to, to make it their own. Uh, but a lot of times. We look at this. This is this is an example of how you can now go. Oh, this is how they did this. Well, when I, I want to do my crossover thing. Oh, I could use that. I could use that. I could use that. But the, the overall thing, or maybe I maybe they didn't adopt the god machine into their into, into your chronicles. So that part is what the, what, what was it possibly brought over. But there's a lot of other stuff that is. Yeah. So um, the other chronicles of darkness books will necessarily assume that the stuff that they paid you from. Ah. Indeed. Um, as it's always, Chronicles of Darkness is a toolbox. First and foremost, you can pick and choose the bits you like, and leave the rest in the box. Yeah, but you know, depending on the reaction, depending on whether you know Matthew is at the park or not, um, we will do more for Contagion Chronicle uh, in terms of follow-up books. So that'll be, be a, it's pretty much its own you know, game line uh, that you can draw from for any of the other. Uh, we are also going to be uh, working on Innocence, second edition. Um, it's, uh, if you remember Innocence, uh, it was, uh, I don't think it was a particularly controversial thing, but it was unusual in that we were looking at the world of darkness, at the time the new world of darkness, from the eyes of children uh, and how to handle that. Uh, 
most of the writers on that uh, first edition uh, either had or uh, had degrees in child psychology or were working with children in their uh, day jobs. And so you know, we, we try to handle that in a very uh, mature way. At the same time, I wanted to make sure we could like you know, play Scooby-Doo or <laughs> that sort of thing. Buffy. Yeah. Buffy. Uh, so second edition for that, bringing up in the second edition rules, and I think there's a recent very interesting uh, system of tweaks and the conditions. Uh, you know, I bought my knee. Or uh, and finally, um, uh, and this was just a recent thing that we talked uh, with uh, White Wolf about and, and got through okay, is um, rather than do another Dark Ears book, because we think we put out a lot of Dark Ears. Um, We've heard all of human history, there's nothing worth it. Nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's entire countries we have touched. Yeah. <laughs> Cultures. Uh, but what we want to do for the next one, similar to that, is a, a book called uh, Chronicles of Darkness, Dark Shards. And so that's going into the a lot of people, if you follow the Kickstarter at all, just about every other day, someone would say, hey, what about uh, vampires in space? <laughs> yeah, what about um, you know, uh, alternate dimension? Uh, what about spider people in this alternate dimension? You get a little specific. Um, <laughs> but that kind of thing, where we're talking about more of the synestitial part of the, these things, where uh, we can play around with uh, vampires in space. Uh, which we did, Dark Years was very specifically historical, looking at our history and how the supernaturals were uh, part of it. This is going to be, we, we can get a little more imaginative, a little more out there, and a little more uh, alternative to what we're going to present. Uh, and that brings us to Exalted Therapy. So, I do want to, I want to get through as fast as we can so we can have some questions at the end. Um, if you're following Exalted Third, uh, you know that just last year uh, we brought on new developers for the line, uh, uh, Eric Mitten and Robert Vance, uh, who've been doing just a fantastic job. Um, originally, our biggest concern was just please get Arms of the Chosen uh, <laughs> finished and, and ready and out to uh, so it could be art directed and get into layout. Uh, it was art directed, and uh, the art may all even be in now since it was supposedly coming at the end of last week, but let's give them another another week. And uh, and then into layout, um, which should not take all that long. But it is a it is a bigger book than we had discussed previously, so there should be some good stuff there. We have excerpts from Arms of the Chosen at our booth. Uh, so you can see some of the stuff that's available. Um, so so they've done that. They were also asked to pull together uh, the writing for the realm and the dragon book books. Uh, and those projects are conceived uh, proceeding through the development cycle much faster than these other books have done for the past multiple years. So, uh, multiple years. <laughs> uh, we hope to have a Kickstarter. We plan to have a Kickstarter next year for Dragon Blood when the text is completely done and not going to be changed in any way. It's a good charms. And uh, and I just want to say that uh, for any of you back the Exalted Kickstarter who've been following Exalted for years and years and years, uh, you know, we uh, learned some amazing lessons from, from the Exalted experience, through three experience, and, uh, and those hard-learned lessons, uh, we want to apply them to this next Kickstarter, we want to apply them to how Exalted continues to, to, to come out, um, and, and really regain the trust of the Exalted community uh, that I think uh, took a, a fair number of hard hits in the last few years. Uh, and towards that, Robert and Eric, uh, new developers, uh, 
one of the first things they said to us when we were talking to them was, we really want to get back on the forums and we'll talk to these guys. I said, do a Ask the Devs column. And they have been on that Ask the Devs column. Robert, I think, is on there at least once a day, answering questions, continual, unending, varied questions about anything the Exalted uh, uh, community can think of and get up there. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way, because you, I mean, and, you know, hey, Robert, what do you think about this? And within 24 hours, here's what he thinks about that. Uh, the best thing about it is these guys were, of course, fans, but they've been working on Exalted for a pretty long time uh, in the writing capacity. So they, they, they have some ideas about where they want to take things, and, and it's, a, it's a great place to find out uh, what's, uh, what's going on with that. And while we were, we were thinking about these guys coming on board and getting these projects up and running again, we wanted to, to not let everybody continue to sit around and wait for new things for Exalted Third. Um, so we uh, developed two things, uh, two, two individual projects that are uh, putting out monthly parts, snippets, if you will, of the things that will be compiled to then create the final books at the end. So Exalted fans are getting an, an antagonist, or antagonists several times, or, uh, and or um, creatures uh, on a monthly basis. So, um, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a thank you to the exalted community for having waited so long and uh, and so that go enjoy have some fun um, while our guys are getting uh, dragon blood in the realm the, the two series so the big books uh, up and running and, and, uh, and moving forward with the way uh, we had always planned. Ah, so. Um, those, uh, those books are the uh, Adversaries of the Righteous and the Hundred Devils Night Parade. Um, and uh, which one is yours? Hundred Devils. Hundred Devils. Okay. This is Megan Fitzgerald. Megan everybody, straight to the crowd. There's been some, some really cool, really cool uh, adversaries and really cool creatures. Uh, some of them were ones that uh, Robert and Eric had uh, worked up previously, and we. we at this point, it's mostly stuff that you're you working on now, like new stuff. Yeah. yeah. So next in line for development uh, are uh, the Lunars, and then Exigence. And previously it had been the other way around, and we made the call, uh, it was only like a week or so ago, to switch that uh, because... A Lunar fan for the pity of Well, you know, with the track record of Lunars, it makes sense anyway. We don't know. But, um, well, that's one part of it, because Lunars really does require attention. It's the third time at bat with Lunars, and we really want to get this one right. Uh, but also, there are chronicles, there are people who are, have long-term chronicles playing with Lunar characters, or, in, or including Lunar characters, who don't know what to do next, whereas actually just are new. And so, the people who are really excited about it, I'm excited about it, I want to see what comes out of this. Um, but, ultimately, not having them isn't going to slow down what you're doing now. It will enable you once you have it to do more, but we, we, we kind of so pros and cons. We swap. So let's get lunars out. Let's get those folks their ability to play again, and then we can we can help everybody else out with the extra. Um, and for anybody who's looked at our, our catalogs for the past five years, of here's more exalted products that are going to be coming out. Um, none of those are off the table at this point. We're still looking at them, but we want to really focus on a bunch of these, these bigger books so that people can play. 
get things going. Robert and Eric have pitched some additional ideas based on uh, things that they think Exalted Third needs. Now that Exalted Third is out, people are playing it and talking about it and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know what? We're confused about this. And so those will be added to the schedule, mm -hmm. but we, we'll probably be announcing that midway through next year versus here because we want, we want the concentration to be on, on, on getting these, these bigger books out. So. Mm -hmm. so that, as they say, is, uh, is that. Do you folks have any questions? Yes. Um, so, regards to uh, world brokenness, uh, if I understand you right, of course, correct me. What, what, you, what we have scheduled to print is, of course, going to be printed and, and taken care of. And then we're waiting for White Wolf to do a few books for theirs, and then you're going to resume with fifth edition stuff. That generally what you're thinking? Time frame wise, we, we don't know exactly how that's going to mesh. Right. If, right. if they get to a certain point where they're like, yeah, that book you mentioned, we pretty much figured out where we want that to go. So why don't you get started on that? Uh -huh. then, then we'll roll along earlier than waiting for all those things to be done. Right. But we're basically thinking that that we're not going to do much, like not doing more Vampire 20 until it comes out. I, think, I think at this point, in terms of Vampire 20, is that um, the Storyteller's Vault is your best read. Resource right. for that. That's okay. going to be no. That's cool. I just wanted to understand. Yep. And also, I, mean, I, <laughs> I also think it's fair to say, um, uh, as a guy who's kind of shepherding for several years between, I think we pretty much have done all we can do with, with uh, creatively. I think B twenty. Um, the one of the things that when we start talking with White Wolf is that we're kind of running into the edges of like this, uh, taking these material and celebrating it and putting twists on it. It was really engaging and a lot further than we initially imagined, but ultimately we run out of steam. There's some time we have to vet new things, and it's really not our area to do that. That's why So once they reimagine and reinvent uh, for fifth edition and, and give us a new direction to go, and then we can go again. Okay, now we start expanding this new area and, and trying some new creative stuff. But I think we've taken the past material probably about as far as we can go. Yeah, I would say um, Beckett's Jihad's diary is genuinely is the ultimate crescendo yeah. you could hope for in terms of. Vampire past or Vampire the Masquerade. Right, because it's, it's taking those past meta plot things and synthesizing them with the new direction of V5. So it's a really kind of a great f uh, 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 final note, as you say, of like, you know, here's the, the celebration of the old stuff as it starts to point you towards what potentially is coming down the line and new and entertaining. And so we're thinking the same stuff on from the other lines, too. Like, do we expect more Werewolf after Shattered Dreams, or are we going to wait until Werewolf 5? Uh, we do have, well, I was just talking about the, the fiction anthology, so right. we're going to basically follow the same pattern that we've done with Vampire, right. and uh, until we get to a point where there's, uh, you know, they, they say, look at us like, hey, you know what, we're going to take two years to get this one done, so you have a little more room to, to finish up, you know, where you're going. Cool. Great. What we're doing right now with V5 is that we're, um, uh, we're going to release these three books next year. And it's the, the pillar, it's our Bible for all the products that we're going to release, like video games, series, fiction, role-playing games, books, board games. And so we need to, to write up the guidelines for, you know, for companies such as Onyx Pass to be able to bring supplements to V5. But we are not there yet, but we're already talking to, to them as what would be cool to have for V5. So, Great. Yeah. That's been an ongoing dialogue for the last, uh, I guess, the last year. Really. Yeah. Um, but we're actually at the point now where we're, we're having because uh, they're able to see more completely what where they're going with their their vision for V five. So yeah. <laughs> remember, White Wolf in the new incarnation is only like what, two and a half years old. Yeah. It's, yeah. Wow. yeah.
Yeah. Um, I have actually a, a V5 question. I remember back in some of the very early announcements about the V5 line, there were the three books that you announced early on, and you mentioned Sabat coming later. Is yes. Sabat still planned as a product you will develop? Is that still sort of the direction you're going? Yeah, Sabat is happening, definitely. But, sure. I've, but not, not in the beginning. So because okay. we don't want to overwhelm people. So we will have the Rose book and then two setting books for Carrea okay. and for Anarchs. And then Sabat is coming later. But Those that will ones, come from yeah, you they will, okay. they will, cool. Not necessarily from White Wolf, like okay. developed in-house. It could come from Onyx Park, for example. Okay. But yeah, it, they will come. It's like we don't want to overwhelm people. V5 is meant to be like, um, to be more mainstream, if mm -hmm. you will. And so we need to go step by step. Sure. Yeah. Right, Spot is a very specific experience, really. <laughs> this is kind of out there. Um, is there any possibility of Onyx Path by acquiring uh, possession of Exalted or Chronicles outright in the way that happened with uh, Scion and Trinity? Do you have several million dollars on you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, in the in the, the crazy announcement time period where I was talking to Tobias, who is the CEO of White Wolf, um, we discussed potential things like that, and they it makes very little sense to go and purchase uh, White Wolf uh, IPs and then. Uh, so what we, we basically agreed on is that in terms of Chronicles, in terms of Exalted, we would continue on doing what we were doing um, and, uh, and and getting things back in shape and doing the kind of stuff we want to do. Um, and what was been fantastic with supporting us with that and, uh, and just uh, quite, quite a few nice notes back from uh, Karim, who's their uh, content uh, guy that we relate to that we sent there. That's cheap. Yeah. So um, if there ever is a time when White Wolf goes, you know what, we just don't want to deal with that. Um, then we'll talk again, but it's, uh, like as Eddie said, this is not, hey, here's 40 bucks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I got 15 euro in my pocket right now. And for Paradox to, to have uh, to bought that, um, they need to see what they can do with it. And again, they are not, Dissing Chronicles or Exalted because they're not focused on it now. They're focused on World of Darkness because that was, after many discussions, what they decided was the best thing to do in terms of communicating that White Wolf is back and that getting it out to computer game companies who went, Oh, was that where Bloodlines was? Yes. There's like, the people who played it are now all executives and, and creators in the computer game industry. So that's how they know, you know, they're not from the tabletop, they're from. Bloodlines, and if they went to, well, it's this sort of like that, but it's called Requiem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what different here. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's, it's talking about apples to apples. But also, I mean, I think it's fair to point out that um, while it was not just by the previous battle, this is also to a degree happened. You know, Trinity and Scion were, were White Wolf properties that were acquired by Onyx Path. And, and, you know, so we really should be focusing on getting those out the door and really making those. We're about topic. I mean, the idea is that it, it, it's not as simple as just we pick it up and cool. We start making books. I mean, there's a, you know, once you own an IP, 
you have to be what you want to do with the strategy behind it. And like, you know, like they've been for two years and they're just now starting to really get in the gear. So when you own an IP, you really take a couple of years to think about what you want to do with it, how you want to position it. So it's it's not a simple just kind of light switch thing. So then we've already got it might appear that way. Right, but we've got, we have two properties that, that we own now that we need to be thinking about on top of those things like Homeyer and Scarlands and the like. So I mean, it, it, it's something that I think even if we were to pick it up today, we still probably wouldn't be ready to kind of just start doing new things with it. We'd have to kind of think after and figure things out along with all the other pieces on its path out in their plate right now. Yes, sir. Yes, you. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Hundred Devil's Night Parade and uh, the uh, adversaries of the Righteous Revolted. Has there been any like thoughts on how those are going to be consolidated for in the future yet, or is it still? Well, I did post something about that in one of the comments on my blog. Okay. But I just don't remember what I said. Can you tell us over the course of several months? Look at some uh, pieces. But there, there is a plan of how to do that. It's uh, it's based off of like how, um, what's it, Greenrun? Who does the superheroes? Mutants and Masterminds? All right. There's yeah, one that, that was Greenrun. Right. Like, that was kind of genesis for this whole idea. Oh, the third report, you mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we have a, we consolidate them. We don't know when we'll consolidate. Yeah. Like how much material should be then consolidated. And then we kind of go back and forth on whether it should be smaller books or whether we should you know, take our time and about a year from now consolidate them all and go, oh, boy, that's, this is that's practically a monster manual. Yeah. As you consolidate them, um, does, the, does that mass student, I'm not do they have a way to have an investing fee? That's what was in the blog. Okay. And I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old, man. I can't remember everything. <laughs> Any hunter questions? <laughs> Other questions, folks? Uh, uh, this might be interesting, but I've uh, actually. Uh, oh, we, we kept, sorry, I just like. I do, but I didn't plan. Uh, I'm really interested in what you're planning on doing with the Lucid Beach, considering the uh, first edition Carl's Dark was kind of building up to this adversary entity, which is. Satan and probably tied in with the Lucid but now that adversary's been replaced with the Godness machine, so I'm very curious as to how you're going to implement the Lucid or any kind of, uh, or their replacements in that uh, context. So, um, so I disagree with what your feeling was on that, because Hunter's always been a game about fighting monsters in your backyard, and there's been some of the meta plot where they've kind of come with the Lucifuge and whatnot, but Hunter's also played in three ways. So there's Tier 1, which is you fight in your backyard with your buddies. There's Tier 2 for the Compacts, and Tier 3 is the conspiracies with the Lucifuge, and that's what you're talking about with the stakes being set very high. Um, you can already run Hunter with the Chronicles of Darkness Book, and the God Machine is there. So Hunter 2nd Edition, we're taking a little bit different approach. The setting conceit for Hunter 2nd Edition is that there's more monsters than ever before, and nobody knows the right way to fight them because um, there's all of these horrors looking in your backyard. And what I wanted to do, what Rich and I discussed, was we are drawing from what made Hunter First Edition so great, and that was urban legends. So there's going to be a lot of urban legends, a lot of things that are very kooky and weird and very X-Files-ish and very mysterious. Um, and we're really amping that up. Um, I've got some of my writers here with me today, Megan Fitzgerald. Um, and some of the changes to that effect, for example, is the code is going to be mandatory. So it's going to be really cool. 
Um, in terms of the stakes, like you were talking about, there's going to be some of that, but everything that we're doing in this book is about ways that you can really engage in fighting monsters, what that means, and then also the story behind it. I wasn't really talking about stakes as much as wondering, you know, well, the infernal nature, you yeah, know, um, a more of a lore question than anything else, which is probably kind of the thing I probably should mention. Uh, I'm just gonna hide behind this big guy. If I could, go uh, ahead. Stand. I think what he means is that the kind of demons that the uh, the Lucifuge seem mm -hmm. to be descended from very different than the kind of demons that uh, demon the descent is focused on. Yes, mm -hmm. yep. unless they're not. <laughs> well, they feel yes. different anyway. Right. Right. But. Demon to say you could always skin them as classic demon. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, it's just the phraseology and how demon describes them is in that sort of techno uh, spy feel versus essentially there there there's still things from beyond that had a, a source. Right. They have still fallen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they still have the way of projecting themselves that is absolutely horrific to the whole, and they can still charm and provide cults around them. So, um, much like most Coracle Darks games, you can make it however uh, esoteric or um, occult as you like. Um, but I certainly, I certainly see your point. Uh, but I think that, if anything, that just provides more options for the Lucifuge, mm -hmm. because you can have their genesis point being the god machine, if you like, or you can have the more traditional uh, Lucifer um, of the whole. Yeah. yeah, and to their point, I mean, that's part of the reason why Hunter is focusing on urban legends, because we're trying to get back to the... We're trying to make Hunter stand on its own, so it's not about Hunter's fighting game slats. It's about Hunter's not understanding the supernatural. They don't know what demons are. They don't know all of the different ways that demons work. And the Lucifuge that's part of the reason why they're enigmatic and mysterious, and they will continue to be that way. And I guess, well, personally, one of the things that I just kind of like about uh, New World of Darkness, Chronicles mm -hmm. of Darkness, is that in addition to the big game, there's all this other weird stuff out there that doesn't quite fit into any of those categories. Right. Yeah, and that's what Hunter is going to draw on. Um, the other new thing that we're adding is the idea of um, settings and places, like haunted houses can be sentient. Uh, so we're going to have a whole chapter on mysterious places. So instead of just looking at, oh, I go to this um, tunnel and there's a ghost in there, what if it, the entire tunnel is haunted? <laughs> um, you know, what if this entire place is tainted? So it's really going to draw on very modern themes about... Um, not really understanding all of the terrible things that lurk in the dark and what hunters can do about that. We have uh, only a limited amount of time left. Yeah. Did Morning be here's how to run a crossover game and this is the story you can do it in? Or is it here's a story and you can choose how to plug your main vampire world in? Uh, so the idea, at least at this point, um, we're not going to be setting out as some kind of linear Gehenna Chronicle, as an example. Um, it's going to be um, what I really like in uh, games with utility. So we will have multiple settings because they've been very popular in each Chronicles of Darkness second edition book, um, where you have the different cities um, with different aspects of lore in each. 
different plot hooks in each, because I'm a big fan of plot hooks, story hooks throughout. And much like Hunter, each of those contagion hooks are going to come in different tiers. So not only are you going to be able to interact with contagion at a personal level, you can do it at an apocalyptic level, but each hook connects to another hook somewhere else in the world. So it becomes, it can become a globe-trotting chronicle, um, but it's in no prescribed order. Um, you could therefore start in London, go to Paris, end up in Tokyo, um, or you could do it the other way around. I was wondering, so if I had a group where I really love running a chronicle game, so if I have my werewolf group, and I want to just talk about how it could happen in Yes, yes, I absolutely will, because there are obvious issues uh, with uh, some yep. some game lines interacting with each other. Hunter does not automatically gel with Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> but but no. the idea of a greater existential threat uh, <coughs> is the kind of thing that even throughout our mortal histories is the kind of thing that makes people that would be traditionally opposed band together. At its simplest, that's what you can do in the Contagion Chronicle. But likewise, you can make it a more personal thing where the infection drives you into the company of these creatures. Because it's only in the company of these creatures that you can actually, excuse me, retain sanity, health, um, and not succumb to the contagion. So it may well be that Hunter has to hang around with a coterie of vampires just because if he doesn't, um, well, he's not going to be long for this world. Uh, so thank you all for coming. Uh, uh, we will be in the booth, all through the rest of the convention, 501. Um, and if you could bring up the tickets uh, so that we can get those off to Jacob, we very much appreciate it. Thank you so much.